0: Hello and welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where Macintosh and Mod force each other to watch movies they should have already seen. I'm David, aka Macintosh.
1: And I'm Diana, aka Mod. What are we watching this week? Happy Holidays from Macintosh and Maud. Haven't seen what? It's a very special Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> I'm Diana. I'm David. And today we're doing Planes, Trains, and Automobiles.
0: 1987. A man must struggle to travel home for Thanksgiving with an obnoxious slob of a shower curtain ring salesman as his only companion. Mm, this is a classic Steve Martin John Candy film. John Hughes.
1: John Hughes. Man, he he. I read a very interesting article by Mike Schur the uh, creator, co-creator of The Office, The American Edition, uh, Parks and Rec, and Good Place, where he talked about John Hughes's writing and how he had this like ten-year stretch where every single thing he made, like he hit it out of the park, between uh, 16 Candles and Home Alone and then everything else was like random like dud stuff but that for that period of time even the worst grossing film was still amazing by anyone's standards
0: I mean can we also we can go as far back as, as Vacation National Lampoon's yes. Vacation, mm-hmm. that even, before we even get to the rest of those, yeah. he's he's got that in his back pocket. I'm not a big vacation fan. Oh, I, it's really good. I
1: I don't like Christmas Vacation, but I'm not a big Chevy Chase fan.
0: I've never seen Christmas Vacation. I've seen I'm Vacation, a- I've seen European Vacation, I've even seen Vegas Vacation. They play Christmas Vacation the most. I never, never saw the whole thing. Maybe saw it on cable, but mm, I don't even think I saw that whole thing then. Well,
1: we're big John Hughes fans. Absolutely. Uh, I think my favorite Christmas movie is a John Hughes movie. It's Home Alone. Of course. But th- we, here we have a Thanksgiving movie. There are not as many Thanksgiving movies. There really aren't. I did I did a little search and I found a, a decent list. Oh. And I grabbed the ones that you and I would be familiar with. Uh, there's Spider-Man. Now these are movies that take place on or around Thanksgiving.
0: With the 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 Sam Raimi the yes, original. the 2002 one. Okay, I don't remember Thanksgiving being a
1: part of that. Uh I believe it's uh it's part it's the middle portion. Okay. Like that's what he's trying to get home for or whatever. Huh, I remember. Um Adams Family Values.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: no. That movie is a threefer. It is a Halloween movie. It is a summer camp movie uh-huh. and it is a Thanksgiving movie. Oh, yeah,
0: because of what happens at summer camp.
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's a weird one. Oh, Wednesday. For your consideration.
0: Oh, yeah. That
1: takes place during Thanksgiving
0: and Passover. Mm. That was a whole plot line. Okay. I think.
1: Grumpy Old Men, which I've never seen. I haven't either. Object of My Affection.
0: I don't even know what that
1: is. That is the Jennifer Aniston, Paul Rudd movie. Where he's a gay guy, and she's in love with him, and then she she gets pregnant. Okay. The Other Sister. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not going to do it, are you?
1: No, because that's insensitive.
0: We have an inside joke about that movie. We'll leave it at that. It's. It's in poor taste.
1: <laughs> it is. That's why I'm not going to do it here. No. Uh, Paul Blart, Mole cop.
0: I should know that because the McElroy... So, um, I'm a huge fan of the McElroy Brothers mm-hmm. podcast galore. And then for a while, I dropped off. I might go back and listen to it some more. There's a podcast... Uh, I can't... I think it's the best podcast in the world or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's these two New Zealand guys... And the first year they did it they watched Grown Ups 2 mm-hmm. every week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Once a week for an entire year. Then they did Sex in the City 2 and nearly went insane. Yeah. And yeah. when I and I dropped off when they started doing um the the Zach Efron We are we are your friends or whatever that movie was, the DJ movie.
1: High school musical?
0: No, no, no. Like this was recent, the one that oh. where he played a DJ.
1: Oh, I don't know what that is. I don't know.
0: Um but so they started this new one, where they are going to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop every Thanksgiving, and when one of them dies, they have to pass it on to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it a really long plan. It is. It is a forever podcast. It's every a forever year podcast they okay. will be. <laughs> Every year, they will be reviewing Paul Art Mall Cop again.
1: <laughs> okay, well, we also get Son-in-Law, which is my favorite Polish oh, Shore movie.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, that one's definitely in there, yeah.
1: Home for the Holidays, directed by Joey Foster. Mm,
0: uh, nope, nothing.
1: Four Brothers, that stupid movie with Mark Wahlberg, where, spoiler alert, only two of them were
0: actually blood-related brothers. Never saw it. You saw it with me! No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I really didn't. You did. I've never seen that movie. Rocky.
1: Oh. Scent of a Woman. Oh. And then these last two, I kind of go, they're kind of like, I only halfway believe them. Because Thanksgiving is a plot point in part of the movie. Mm-hmm. You've got mail.
0: Uh, what? It's a plot point. It's part of where it starts. But it, like, goes all, it goes for, like, years
1: no, it doesn't go for years. It's okay. just like a few months. A few months. Well, whatever. It Thanksgiving's a big one, and then right after Christmas they close. Okay. That's the, you know. And then Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. That whole movie starts at Thanksgiving. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Which, you know, you haven't seen and we're gonna make you see later. Nothing. Okay, so we have a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. Thanksgiving. This is the worst possible Thanksgiving you could have. Literally every possible uh Traveling Inconvenience happens to these two guys Steve Martin And John Candy Yeah Okay so let's let's talk about We've already talked about John Hughes He was the writer and the director We love him He's great In terms of his other films How do you think this one rates?
0: It's different It's different because I'm going to say this now It's going to be weird It's different and it's the same it's different in that it's an adult movie. Yes, is that it is not centered around teenagers mm-hmm. or teenage angst
1: or family?
0: Um, yeah, family I think came up later. But like, if we're talking about
1: well, if we look at vacations, those are really about family. Yeah.
0: Well, it, I mean, and I'm thinking though, even with vacation, was he his original story that he wrote for National Lampoon is the perspective of like Rusty. That was yes. basically who he was writing that story. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, yeah, it's about a family, but it's a family from the take of, like, a, an 11-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he kind of just grows up from there, and, you know, starting with The Breakfast Club and all the way through Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's a two-year run. That's, like, a three-year run, but it's still it's high school, high school, high school, yeah. high school. That, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, and Ferris Bueller are all still outstanding. hmm Outstanding because they treat they, they treat teenagers like humans as opposed yes. to just, you know, shells. So, yeah,
1: this one was, the, you know, the focus is on two grown men.
0: Two grown and middle-aged. S- middle and, and middle-aged men.
1: One is super uptight. Yep. And one is a slob.
0: That's a very odd couple. It is a very odd couple.
1: I think, you know what I? It would have been really fun to see John Candy be the uptight one. And Steve Martin be the slob.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the weird part too is. I, I I don't know that I necessarily call the guy a slob. Well, he is a slob. I know. He's kind of a buffoon. He's a buffoon is more what he is. He he's, and. and has no inhibitions whatsoever. It's just like, okay, whatever. I'm going to let it happen.
1: He has no awareness. None. No awareness.
0: Whereas, you know, Steve Martin's character has far too much self-awareness.
1: Yes. Okay, so anything special about the direction?
0: Um, I don't know. Do you find anything specific about the direction? Maybe that'll jog me.
1: No. (laughs) It's very, okay. It's very generic. There's so much that is just generic about this movie.
0: It, well, okay. I guess the the hard thing is is that with a John Hughes movie, I I want to say it's small in scope, but then I think you know, well, Ferris Bueller wasn't small at all. It was epic. It was sweeping. They were all over the city of Chicago. This one, it they're on a road trip. It's it's well, it's
1: just a it's almost a comedy of errors. We do this and then this. This goes wrong, and then we do this, and this goes wrong, and then we do this, and this goes wrong, and it's just it's I think it went on for one act too long.
0: There's so many plot points that mm-hmm. he's gotta hit through it, yes that yeah i can I can see how after a while it just becomes tiring.
1: I would say it's a messy film, not bad, but messy. Each sequence goes on for just a little too
0: long, maybe.
1: Well, okay. So, the first night that they get to the hotel, right after their plane um, gets rerouted to Kansas. Yeah,
0: they're in Wichita. They're
1: in Wichita. You know, him, you know, trying to shower and everything's disgusting. There's no towels. That was enough for you to go, okay, that's who this guy is as a roommate. But then we get okay, the guy's rustling around in the bed. He's taking forever to get comfortable. He's reading his book and then, you know, he snores all night long. And then the morning, we get, you know, the the super homophobic <laughs> cuddling. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go through the whole disgusting bathroom again. That was too much.
0: Well, okay. Number 1, I don't I don't actually don't read it as homophobic. I read it as insecure male. <laughs> Yes, which it, they those two played it where it didn't feel it still didn't feel like it had that air of. It's a little. I I know. It's a little. I'll agree with that, but they played it. They played it very well it as. Was
1: 1987. It was a different time, but
0: still. And those, th- I, like I say, I feel like those two played it more of two men very insecure in their own masculinity mm-hmm. and afraid of doing that. It's the it's the shaking the hands be like. You see that Bears game the other day? Yeah. yeah
1: that's funny, and I, I'm I'm fine with it. It, to a degree, it's just that then we go through the whole bathroom thing again. I'm like, this is gross, and we don't need it.
0: They we've could already have, established. You this. could do the same thing in about five minutes. Here's the problem: is films a films a visual medium? It is, and you know, we've know we've had the montage as part of film use since like the 19 teens. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why he didn't use it there. No, we Um, we
1: could have gotten a little bit more like
0: you could have done all of that which was probably a 10 to 12 minute sequence in about four or five you could easily
1: shave 20 minutes out of this
0: which is weird because it's an hour and a half
1: yeah so okay yeah yeah we could have we could have okay so there are a lot of cameos but we've got four listed here. Okay. Uh Michael McKean, he plays a state trooper.
0: He's okay. He's playing very straight. He's playing very Canadian. Which is weird cuz they're not in Canada. He's not in Ca- he's... Well, no, he's playing Midwest is what he's playing. But
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of confuse those two.
0: They're going f- they're going from Kansas through to Illinois, so I'm sure they're hitting like Minnesota.
1: <laughs> See, I I love Michael McKean. Oh, yeah. McKean. Um I wish they would have made him one of like the hotel guys. I thought that would be more fun
0: yeah it's we It's weird to pick a guy who is very good at playing a straight man mm-hmm. but he he's so much better when he's a straight man with some absurd premise behind him.
1: yes, and so him i mean i would I would love for them going to the really disgusting hotel if we had had a hotel owner who was pretending that this was like a palace. Oh, yeah. And he could have done something like that amazingly. Yeah. He plays, yes, you're right, he plays absurd wonderfully. I love him. He is fantastic on Better Call Saul. If you have not watched that show, go watch it.
0: No, he's great on Better Call Saul. Um, I, you know, every movie that Christopher Guest has made, including the one that he didn't make, which is Spinal Tap, because uh, Rob Reiner made that movie.
1: <laughs> but Christopher Guest is in it.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Um, okay, then we get Dylan Baker as... I don't remember the character.
0: He's Owen.
1: He plays the guy giving him a ride to the other town to catch the train. Oh,
0: damn, he's good.
1: He's, he has, like, no lines, but he's great. he plays a... a a hayseed. <laughs> There's really no other way to say
0: that. Uh, he's, a yokel. Nah, he's he's a Kansas dude. Hey, I, here's one thing about this movie. It's very understated, intentionally. I feel.
1: And I feel like they should have gone after some of it a little bit more. Yeah, it would have been more fun. I don't
0: know. I, I think some of that's John Hughes, but it's like even even this guy who we're immediately just like he's a hick is like. He's not really playing Hickey. He's playing like a a farmer from Kansas who doesn't have time to put up with these two guys' shit. And then, you know, does the most disgusting hawking of a loogie we've ever heard in our lives. And
1: then he makes his wife get out of the car to help with the luggage. And he goes, no, she's real tough. That baby she had came out sideways. She didn't <laughs> holler at
0: all. Very racing Arizona.
1: It, it, that, I did feel erasing Arizona from that. That's
0: You'll never be able to watch a, a small town human again and not think of that movie.
1: All I can, all I can hear in my head is your mom saying, turn to the rat.
0: Right. Turn to the rat. Right.
1: <laughs> okay. Then I put, um, we have a little cameo from Matthew Lawrence, Joey Lawrence's younger brother, who was the hottest of the Lawrence brothers. Um, he plays, he plays uh, Steve Martin character's son. He's just so cute. Uh, he always played Joey in flashbacks on Blossom, and then he went on to be on um, Boy Meets World.
0: Well, good for him.
1: He's so pretty. He's a kid. He's a Lawrence brother. There's three.
0: He's a kid. Can you name them? No.
1: I just gave you two. No, I. I Joey can't. and Matthew and Andy.
0: Some somebody's obsessed.
1: I was when I was 10. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. And then we have Edie McClurg. She, she is a character actress. You've seen her in a million things. But she is the woman at the car rental um, counter when Steve Martin has his infamous fuck you. Fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. Mm-hmm. Monologue, which is a wonderful diatribe.
0: It is. It's still not going to change her being in Ferris Bueller.
1: No, he's a righteous dude.
0: They all think he's a righteous dude. Gosh, she's she's been Minnesota nice in like every movie known to man.
1: Yeah, you. She. He's like Tobolowski. She's in everything. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing.
0: Do we not also mention Larry Hankin as the? Tick cab driver in Kansas who's also been in, like, everything.
1: I completely forgot. Okay, you know what? It's because when I was looking through at IMDb, I was like, okay, that dude, and then I was like, until
0: you saw, oh, that
1: dude! Yeah, he's in everything.
0: Friends, Seinfeld. Yeah,
1: he plays Mr. Hinkle on Friends. He's a downstairs neighbor who's telling them that they're too loud.
0: It was old Joe in Breaking Bad.
1: Joe. Yeah, the he's junkyard. the guy who, he, the, he owned the junkyard.
0: Mm-hmm. Been in everything. Oh
1: yeah, he's another great character actor.
0: And in this movie, woo, he's
1: he's a creepy cab driver. He's interesting. Driver, driver. I said driver.
0: Ben Stein plays in in the airport at one point because apparently John Hughes has to have Ben Stein in every movie.
1: I'm okay with that. Ben Stein is cool. No. Well, what's wrong with Ben Stein?
0: I'll tell you off the air.
1: Okay, then cut that out. <laughs>
0: one on the record that I said he was cool
1: so yeah it's it's a nice peppered with uh, lots of John Hughes um, standards yeah Uh, the movie had a budget of 39 million dollars and it grossed about 49 million dollars so it made all this money back but it wasn't like a huge huge success they played this they've syndicated this for years, I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, but I remember it being on TV during the holidays. But it wasn't until I watched it this time that I I put the fact that it's a Thanksgiving movie together. I didn't know that. I you thought also, it was Christmas.
0: You also didn't put together that it was an R rated movie.
1: No, because I'd only ever seen it on TV, and of course they cut out all that stuff. So yeah, all the fuck 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 fuck, which is really the only thing you'd have to cut out. Mm. It's oh. just language. There's not any like there's no nudity or there's nothing in there that you'd have to get rid of.
0: We also forgot maybe the most important cameo of all. What? The very beginning of the movie. Kevin Bacon. Oh
1: yeah! Well, he's <laughs> unaccredited and that's why I didn't I didn't <laughs> see it. Oh, man.
0: Kevin Bacon races Steve Martin for a in cab the in New York. Of
1: Chicago. Oh, right they're, they're in New York, and then he's trying to get to Chicago. Yeah. Sorry,
0: I think this was around the time that he was in Quicksilver Messenger Service, so like that might have been the joke that mm. he had just played a bike messenger or something. That
1: would make sense. I don't
0: know. They just randomly threw Kevin Bacon in there. <laughs> as soon as we saw, it, we we're like, that's,
1: what? Kevin, that's Bacon. Kevin
0: Bacon.
1: <laughs> Whenever you point out somebody in a movie, I have to double check because you have face blindness. Well, I. You have face blindness.
0: Except for Kevin Bacon, it's hard to miss Kevin Bacon. He
1: does have a very distinct face.
0: It's very Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm.
1: So what? So because this movie is about horrible travel, <laughs> what is your worst car travel ex- or no? Let's start with planes. Worst plane travel experience?
0: Uh, I got horribly sick on the way back from New York one time.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're just stuck on
0: a plane and sick. Stuck on the plane, thought my stomach was hurting. And my mom was chaperoning and they kept joking in the back that it was like the twilight zone there was a man on the wing they thought i was overreacting i was like no seriously i feel like i'm gonna throw up leave me alone
1: mm-hmm. so, yeah being sick on a plane sucks i've had that happen And
0: they i just ate something that didn't agree with me or something like that
1: actually i've had that happen to me twice once on the way to new york i started feeling really sick and I, we couldn't we could not figure out what was wrong and then on the way back from california i started feeling very flu-y like this i like i was starting to do that thing where you're fainting but you're sitting down yeah i mean, like in and out of, like that happened to me once on a plane cold sweats yes mhm yeah that was weird like the second i got home i just threw up i would say my worst travel experience is i was trying to go to palm springs and i you know i got to the airport 2 hours early because you get to the airport 2 hours early and I got through security really quickly. And the second I get there, my flight's been delayed by four hours. So I have six hours now. So it was two hours early. Now it's been delayed. And then an hour later, oh, it's it's back on. It'll just be an hour. Okay. And then they delayed it. Then they canceled it. And then they delayed I was at the airport before I even left for ten hours. Nice. And then we got there. And because of and part of it is it was weather and then just because of where Palm Springs is I think it's like right behind a mountain so it's kind of hard to approach something like that so yeah and then when we got to the airport in Palm Springs Something was wrong at the terminal, so we get to one terminal, and then we have to leave and go to another terminal, like, in the plane, and everybody on the plane is basically just screaming, let us off the plane, because we were all just done. We that were was, sick of it. That
0: was before the six-hour rule.
1: <laughs> well, we weren't on the plane for that long. That's fair. I never... I was at the airport for 10 hours, which was... This was before I had a cell phone. Oh, yeah. So, thankfully, I had I had my credit card. This is back when I was on the parents' payroll. Um, so I was able to, like, like use my credit card to get minutes to be on the internet. <laughs> so that killed some time. Because, you know, I, of course I went through all my magazines and I was sick of reading. And I was too creeped out to try to, like, fall asleep in the airport. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that's my worst plane experience. Mm-hmm. What about, have you ever gone by train anywhere? Nope. You've never been on a train?
0: I've been on a train. I've never traveled by train. I went on the Fort Worth Spider or whatever the thing was one time. The tarantula.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah,
0: you just ride around Fort Worth and then you come back. So that that's
1: it. I have been on a train one time and it was one of the best travel experiences I've ever had. Nah. I rode the channel.
0: Oh, uh, well. The bullet train
1: from London to Paris.
0: That's barely a train. It's like a magical unicorn. It was. Ride.
1: It was more comfortable than the plane. The Maybe, seats were comfortable. The bathrooms are like amazing on it. It was
0: I loved it. Maybe the only time they got a little hairy was so I was at a debate tournament at Harvard, and
1: Ooh, Harvard,
0: whatever. I had to. Um, they have a they have a like science high school thing that mm-hmm. that was where most of it was based out of. So it wasn't like
1: that no, long. you and your fancy pants.
0: <clears throat> look, Harvard was cool. It was really cool They will walk around. Yeah. Um, But, I had like a eight o'clock round. Like, there were five rounds in the prelim. Mm-hmm. You walked around and then based on your score you might mm-hmm. advance. And I didn't get through but that was fine. I I got close. I did pretty well.
1: Yeah, you got to go.
0: Um, I got to go. That was the most important mm-hmm. and cool part. So, I got done with this like thing, this round at nine o'clock. Unbeknownst to me, everybody else had gone back to the hotel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They had forgotten that I had a late round.
1: <laughs> you got left behind.
0: So I found somebody I was rooming with, and called them and said, "Like, hey, what's going on? Are you guys still here?" And they went, "Like, no, we're back at the hotel." I was like, "Okay." So I got on the train, mm-hmm. the subway, which we've been taking. We had we had tickets for the whole week, mm-hmm. and I got on. I was a little freaked out, but Boston has a pretty decent transit mm-hmm. system, especially for where I was headed. Yeah, and so got on nobody was there and it was fine and mm-hmm. then went back to my teacher they were like we're so sorry and i was like i just need to go get some dinner and they're like well we already ate and so I went. i was like fine so i go up to my room and everybody's watching tv i'm like does anybody want to go get food with me because i'm hungry and some guy was like i'll go mm-hmm. <laughs> so he and i went and we went out to cambridge which mm-hmm. was where uh, we went out to whatever whatever. I think it's Harvard Square in Cambridge mm-hmm. and we went out there and found this like one little diner and ate there ate breakfast food there because I was just starving mm-hmm. I'd been in five rounds all day long and hadn't had dinner yet mm. so um, turned out to be a really cool night we just hung out ate food got back to the hotels. about midnight went to sleep woke up
1: so you had a non-scary subway <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're telling me in Boston in Boston I'm trying to think of my yeah, I've ridden that on Boston. I've done... yeah, I've done the subway in New York. Which, which is, is totally... Funny. Which here's... the <laughs> So funny is I went there with my parents. It was me, my mom, and my dad. And me and my dad have very good sense of direction. We're like, okay, we just need... Like, this is the general idea. This is the idea of where we're going. We can find north, south, east, and west. My mother cannot... Um, I the fact that she has not gotten lost more than she has is surprising and the subway is just scary to her <laughs> and I remember we were on we were getting we were waiting for our train and my dad was trying to figure out which one we were going on and finally he decided at the last minute this is the one we want so he walk gets on the train and then my mom is just like panic runs after him and I'm not paying attention at all. And I almost didn't get on the train. Yeah. I barely made it. The doors did slam on me physically. Oh, of hurts. course. That didn't. actually hurts. Yeah. And my mom's like, What are we gonna do? Oh my god, what how, what if we I was like, I would have just taken the next one down one stop and gotten off to see if y'all were there. And if not, I would have just figured out how to get where we said we were go. I think we were going to the Guggenheim. Uh, or we were going to some museum. And I was like, I'd just go there, because that's
0: where we were, were agreeing to go. Well, see, the thing about the thing about New York is, it, it's numbers. Like, I, I could get around New York on the subway, because I don't have to remember directions. I just gotta know this goes to this number street. I just need a map to say, I need to get to this location. Cool. This is the train I need to take. Great. Yeah. <laughs> see,
1: I... that was the one thing that I'm used to being able to, like, figure out where I am. Like, not so much with the sun, but just, like, I can, like...
0: You can figure biometrically out Biometrically
1: figure out where I need to be. <laughs> like, I I just can't.
0: Whereas I can get around big cities because they're grids. And I understand I grids. wasn't used
1: to the grid. And so my first time in New York, I was a little, like... Like, because I couldn't, like... I couldn't see past the buildings, so that's what was bugging me. Yeah. And then once I was like... I am in this spot. This I'm on this street and this street. And then it became, oh, I'm in a grid.
0: <laughs> it just makes so much more sense to Yeah, me.
1: oh, then it was easy. Yeah. What is your worst car road trip experience?
0: Um, you go first. I have to think.
1: I don't really have a bad one. Most of my road trips have been decent. Oh, well. I think... I think the worst road trip was the road trip that never ended for me. Uh, It was, we, we were going to New York for my brother's graduation from college, but then a wrench got thrown in that the week before the graduation, my sister's DI team was going to Globals in Tennessee. And on top of that, there was some stuff the week before that became crazy. So we had to get in a car, drive all the way to Tennessee, then drive from Tennessee to New York. And then we went to New York City. And then we had to go to upstate New York because that's where my brother was. And then we decided after the graduation from there, we were going to go to Indiana because that's where my grandparents were. And then we had to go from Indiana back down to, to Texas where we are. And I, was, I think I was in a car for over 100 hours in a mm-hmm. matter of three weeks.
0: I got, I got two then. One is driving through the state of Kansas.
1: I've done that. Mm. Cornfield after cornfield. Nothing. Yep.
0: Nothing. Nope. There's literally nothing in sight mm-hmm. for miles. I've been through Topeka, the capital of Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's like there's nothing. Hmm. It's scary how much nothing in that city there is. And I've told people many times, the greatest part about Kansas is Kansas City. And Kansas City is in Missouri. <laughs>
1: That sounds like a joke your dad would make.
0: No, I made it. So so there's that. Um, Maybe the worst was driving to Disney World. Oh, that's not a
1: good drive.
0: So here's the deal. It's pretty easy to get to, like, the northern part of Florida. We drove to Destin all the time. That's like a one-day trip if you start early enough. You can get to Destin by like late evening. Starting from
1: Dallas, that's where we are.
0: Yeah, starting from Dallas. You can get to, to like Destin, Pensacola, that northern tip of Florida mm-hmm. very quickly. The problem is, is that Orlando is all the way on the other side of Florida.
1: It's always I Florida geography makes no sense to me.
0: And so we drove and stopped probably around Mobile or something like that, which is where we would yeah. we might stop if we took a took a break. I think we actually drove all the way into, like, Destin or Mm -hmm. uh, Panama Mm -hmm. City or something like that. Stop. And then the next day, it was literally driving through the entire state of Florida. Mm -mm. It took as much time to go all the way through Florida Mm -hmm. as it did the rest of the drive to get into it.
1: (laughs) This past February, we went to Disney World, and when we were starting to plan this trip and discussed what we, how we were going to do this, David's mother, who so graciously gifted us with this trip, was like, oh, well, do we want to drive? And I looked at her like, oh, hell no. I am not going to be in a car that long with a five and a two-year-old. No,
0: I will die. If she had mentioned that to me, I'd be like, do you remember what happened the last <laughs> time we drove? See, we had a good time when we drove to Disney World. I won't go there,
1: I mean, but... okay, like, me and my me and my brother had a good time. I don't think my mom or my dad
0: did. <laughs> I, it was not good. They
1: were really excited when we got to Disney World and we met my grandparents, and my parents were able to say, go away.
0: True. I mean, that was... that. Once, we, once you get to Disney World, everything's fine.
1: Disney World's the most magical place in the world.
0: But, man, do not... Ever do that to yourself. No. I know you could be freaking out having the small having small kids or something like that. Get them on the stupid plane. If, it if is three you, hours versus thirty.
1: <laughs> three yeah. It's
0: it's not worth it.
1: Unless you're planning to go to Destin and hang out there for a little bit too. It's yeah, don't, don't
0: Or do you it. have the chillest kids in the world.
1: <sighs> some some people do. We don't. Nope. We don't. We don't.
0: That was the worst car trip ever.
1: Hmm. So because we're talking about travel. Okay, so you've never been on a train. Is there anywhere you would want to take a train?
0: Oh. <sighs> Some place with mountains.
1: You know, we did talk about that once. Let's take let's take Amtrak from here to DC.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean that was my favorite, you know, if we're, if we're talking about car trips, that was my favorite car ride ever was driving up to DC. Hmm. Um I mean, the drive to Nashville is a drive to Nashville. There's nothing mm-hmm. much to see. But the thing is, is that heading from, it was either Nashville or Memphis, all the way into D.C., you cut through both the Smoky Mountains and the Adirondacks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you get, the Smokies are very kind of gray and green mm-hmm. as you cut through. And then the Adirondacks, and it was, it was Thanksgiving, so it was fall. oh yeah
1: they have seasons
0: autumn leaves all over the mountain with the trees and you're winding through the road as beautiful and then Mm -hmm. rolling into dc which that's the worst part because traffic's just a nightmare there but the rest of it is just gorgeous Hmm. going in it would
1: take four days for us to get from here to dc on amtrak
0: that seems like a bit much
1: yeah i think i would like to like let's go fly into like st louis and then take it from there over
0: or like fly like fly to one place and then know you're gonna cut across we've always talked about like we want to do san francisco all the way up the coast Mm -hmm. so that could be an easy thing to do is take the train on one leg of that trip
1: that'd be nice
0: where you're not having to to go so far in yeah Or even to do something like, you know, stay in New York for a while and then one day take the train into Philadelphia or something like that.
1: Oh, yeah. I've never been to Philadelphia.
0: I didn't really get to, like, explore Philadelphia as much as I would have enjoyed. I
1: just love the idea of a train because, one, I'm not in charge of getting it from here to there. Yeah. And on a train, you can get up and move around. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, you know, you you have your assigned, you know... Seats and whatever, but there's a lot more room to. You can get up, stretch your legs. There's a. There's usually a bar cart, or, you know. You're able to to move. You're able
0: to play. I might have to investigate that with Amtrak. I don't know if that's necessarily quite the same. It,
1: well, I, I use the term bar carts I mean, there's a place to go buy food and no. same eat.
0: No, I know. I just I don't know if Amtrak's got like quite as many niceties as trains used to have. <laughs> I, I get the feeling it's a little more like well, riding a bus. <laughs> no, I,
1: I get that. But some of the ones that are trying to go cross-country
0: yeah, do. And honestly, if if we wanted to do something like that, it'd be better to do in Europe. Or Well,
1: if we go to Europe, we are taking the train. <laughs> we are. We are taking a train somewhere. Because... I love the train.
0: Honestly, and I know, you know, obviously there's a tunnel. Riding the train around Germany would be fascinating.
1: I don't really want to go to Germany. Seeing the
0: forests and different things like that, though. I would, would like be to take
1: the train from Paris to Rome. Mm. That'd be pretty.
0: Yeah. So what else?
1: Okay, we haven't rated it. Okay, so I guess it's technically my movie. Yeah, it's
0: your movie. I haven't seen it. I'm going to
1: give it a two.
0: You are harsh.
1: I can be, yeah. What? A two. I think it comes back to, do I want to watch it again?
0: You don't it's want really... to watch it again?
1: No. Hmm. Because on Thanksgiving, I'm going to start watching Christmas movies. <laughs> 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 that's, that's really what it comes down to. And I like Steve Martin, but if I want to watch Steve Martin, I'm going to watch a Better Things. And John Candy, I he's in my favorite Christmas movie for like two seconds.
0: He's great in your favorite Christmas movie. For those two seconds, yeah. I mean, if we want to watch a a Thanksgiving movie, we should just go do Son-in-Law.
1: I would rather watch Son-in-Law or Adam's Family Values. I really need to show that to our kids.
0: No, you don't. You really don't right now. That would be a problem. I
1: really want... I'm I'm very curious what her reaction to it would be.
0: Mortification.
1: She would have so many questions, and I think... She has good questions. (laughs) Some of the things that come out of her brain. Ugh. Yeah. That would be fun. But, but you don't,
0: like, L. find it amusing and fun in any way?
1: I find it really irritating. Here's the other thing. Add a cell phone to this movie and it's over.
0: Michael McKeon. <laughs> yep. That was one of my favorite. Just recently on Twitter, he dropped this thing of... Um, name imagine
1: a, Name a movie where if you added a cell... The char- main character had a cell phone, it ruins the plot.
0: I'm, imagine, imagine, any, imagine any classic movie. So oh, he's yeah. thinking even, like old school black and white mm-hmm. and and understand now that a, fo- a cell phone would ruin everything
1: mm-hmm. this movie <laughs> would be ruined by a cell phone that's true because all the stuff with steve martin's character with you know trying to get home and his wife is trying to wait up for him and his kids are missing him because he doesn't have a cell phone so he's having trouble t- calling her
0: you know it has problems bouncing back and forth between cartoonish and very darkly real Mm-hmm. It never really, it never really decided what tone it wanted to be.
1: It's a two for me. It's not crap, but I don't, want, I don't want to watch it again. No. And, and there's, there's better work by the actors involved,
0: and the director. True. Um.
1: But it is a holiday classic, so you do have to see it.
0: I'm very ambivalent about this movie.
1: Mm, that usually means a two point five for me.
0: Yeah, I think so. I didn't. <laughs> The thing is, I enjoyed it at the time that's I enjoyed rewatching it too. I enjoyed the moments that were funny, but there is a lot that doesn't happen. yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's a two and a half
1: mm-hmm well,
0: and I don't know that I'd say you have to see this movie.
1: I think you should. It's a classic holiday film if you're at home and it's replaying. You should watch it. You
0: could also just go watch Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. do the same thing in Due Date.
1: But that's not Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's but to... it is the same thing. It's the same movie. It is the same movie. Damn.
0: And they're kind of funnier.
1: They are funnier.
0: There's some very And they have ridiculous... cell phones and it still works. Yeah, it's true.
1: <laughs> we hope you guys have a great holiday. And I hope if you're listening to this and you're traveling, that your travels are, not, are going much better than the two characters in this film. Yep. Alright, this week we went to go see the Justice League.
0: Fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. <sighs>
1: $300 million budget. It's the opening weekend, so we don't have numbers on what they've made so far.
0: They're not great from what I've heard. Where do we Where do we want to start?
1: We're going to spoil this movie, so if you don't want to know anything about it, you can turn us off. Um, in terms of the Marvel movie... Or not Marvel. This isn't Marvel. I'm sorry, Marvel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this movie... Is probably the best one they've done uh in the DC cinematic universe.
0: That's not saying a lot. With well in in the current iteration. It,
1: okay. It is I okay, Wonder Woman is better. Wonder actually, Wonder yeah, you're Wonder right. Woman Wonder, is Wonder is Woman's
0: better. the best they've done in this in this group. This is
1: the best they've done with the men. Yeah. Yeah. And it is largely in part to the fact that uh, it's not all about Superman and Batman. Yep. I mean, it's a lot about them, but it's a lot of Wonder Woman, and we get Aquaman and The Flash, and The Flash is the shit. I really hope they give him his own movie.
0: Well, of course they will.
1: I don't... We, Cyborg doesn't need his own movie. We already know his entire origin story. I don't care. But I want The Flash yeah because ezra miller as the flash is amazing (laughs) he is he's adorable he is uh he's younger he's the youngest cast member but he's also younger than everybody and you feel that earnestness and that fright from him and it's great
0: so i i have to caveat everything i say by with i only have seen wonder woman i have not seen the tentpole franchise movies up to this point which are you Man saw of Steel. The, you
1: saw Man of Steel. No, I haven't. You haven't? Not the whole way through. Okay.
0: Well, I've seen both. I've watched parts of it, but I haven't watched Man of Steel, and I haven't watched uh, Dawn of Justice. So, I, I haven't... Lost all
1: but the last 12 minutes of Dawn of Justice, because <laughs> I was annoyed. I was like,
0: I'm done. So... Turned it off. But I've heard... What I've heard are people who are big fans of DC mm-hmm. talk about them. Okay. And the number one complaint I hear... Mm-hmm. And is that Zack Snyder,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who is the creative mind behind this franchise, supposedly, mm-hmm. has taken everything that we love about superheroes mm-hmm. and thrown it out the window,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and only wants to examine the brokenness and despondency of superheroes.
1: Um, that you can't do that with every superhero, though.
0: No. And I, the here's, I fear that had he been left in control of this movie, mm-hmm. that's what would have happened.
1: Yes. If you are not aware, uh, back earlier this year, uh, Zack Snyder, his uh, stepped down from the movie because his daughter had previously committed suicide, and him and his wife, who she I believe she was also working on this film, uh, they were just trying to get through, and after about two months, they're like, we can't do it. So, Joss Whedon, who had been hired to do Batgirl, which is awesome, uh, he said he would take over and he would finish it and do the reshoots and uh, he wouldn't change the tone or anything, but he was going to be in charge. He did fire the composer and replace him with Danny Elfman.
0: Nah. (laughs) Um,
1: But what's interesting about that is the one thing about this movie that I particularly like is is the banter. There's some good banter. There's some good one-off jokes between the characters, and that feels so much like Joss Whedon, who did The Avengers, and which guess, is wonderful.
0: And guess what? It doesn't show up until about halfway through the movie.
1: Yep.
0: The first half of this movie is awful. The slog. It's awful. It's it's I. This is stealing from another podcaster, uh, Merlin Man, but it's as you know, Bob. Mm-hmm. It is just expeditionary monologues Mm -hmm. expeditionary expositionary monologues or it is just this gross moralizing that all of these characters do all the time like say what you want about Marvel and maybe some like weird optimism that it Mm -hmm. has the characters don't try to examine their moral beliefs through a series of dialogue with each other not very often.
1: No, it, if if they do, it's typically three or four lines. Yeah. It's not entire scenes.
0: And then, you know, Thor will interrupt it with a stupid fart joke or something. What? Like
1: hey, hey, I get that reference.
0: Yeah. Like it, it, n- these characters don't spend all of their time talking about the the moral and ethical predicament that they're mm-hmm. in. And I swear that's what it feels like this movie was doing about half the time early on. Yes. Which is just... That's the worst part of any superhero movie. Mm -hmm. Like, even Spider-Man. We're still going to roll our eyes every time we hear the line, with great power comes great responsibility. On the other hand, because they only say that line that one time, Mm -hmm. it sets the scene for the entire movie. And that's okay. Sam Raimi knew to put that moment in. And then let it sit through the rest of the film and let Spider-Man do what he's got to do. Yep. And Zack Snyder, to me, is Does incapable know. of doing that. Mm-mm. I have not had any respect for him since Watchmen. Mm-mm. And, you know, hearing other things about the movies he's made. I mean, my, my problem with him is he's purely a visual director. Yeah. That's the one thing he understands. But he cannot write a story to save his damn life.
1: No. He is a person who, producing, great you should help you should produce yeah because you have a vision okay that's great but somebody else needs to implement that vision because i don't have a problem with dark i don't have a problem with the idea of this movie but it's a slog because it needs better writing and i will say this villain sucks it's steppenwolf he's here to destroy the universe He's to get three boxes whoop-de-doo he's an alien the Um, only part of that that makes sense for me and i can understand it is that the construct that he has to get these three boxes and one is in Atlantis one is in where Thym- wherever it is that Diana's from um and then the other one's on earth yeah so I understand from a let's pull it all
0: together well and sucks. there's and there's the unity barf barf <laughs> it's it's that thing of that overt symbolism that they just have to bludgeon you over the head because they it's it's like they're treating us like we're stupid yeah oh and they had to
1: bring Superman back from the dead yes what did you? I mean,
0: it was kind of cool. It was I'm not gonna cool. lie. That's fine. Superman coming back from the dead had we'd already gotten into the portion of the movie that was a little bit more yes. interesting. Yes, and so that didn't feel quite as bad when we got there. True. Um, I should say we
1: should have sh- like gotten to that quicker.
0: I should say that Zack Snyder was not writing this movie. Correct. Um, it was Chris Terrio, who his his really only other claims to fame were Dawn of Justice, and. Argo.
1: that makes a lot of sense
0: um which again maybe it you should have just film but maybe you should just stick to like single stories and yep. not involve yourself in giant franchise type movies it
1: takes a very specific type of person who can write well for a large group of people and have it be effective Joss Whedon is that guy,
0: and who can write with enough enough connective tissue in mind, correct? To be and deal with producers because the producers are going to be a big part of how that connective tissue links later. Well, to be able to to be able to make a movie that stands by itself, but then can propel a bunch of other stories.
1: Joss is your guy for that. Yeah, that's what make that's. I mean, Avengers, there are parts parts that aren't great, but I left that movie happy and very satisfied with what was happening this film i was really happy about the flash and aquaman mm-hmm. because those are characters we have not seen on film
0: no well at least, at
1: least not in, in not, real, not in any real not
0: in any real prominent time. way
1: um you know the flash has a tv show which is actually very good i've watched almost the whole first season and it is very entertaining and i like that version of the flash this flash is very different and i enjoy it a lot um, I also just adore Ezra Miller. He is an adorable, adorable guy. And just, he's so fine.
0: And we don't have to say much about Aquaman.
1: Um, I love Jason Momoa. I know he's in some trouble from having said something really inappropriate a couple years ago. Um, but he's really fucking hot and funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be the first to admit, when I heard a couple years ago that he, they cast him as Aquaman, I was like, what the fuck? And then about a year later, they released the picture of the design for him. And it was like, oh, hot damn. Yeah. Oh, hot damn. Um, it is sexy. There's not a lot of Aquaman. They did cut a lot of what they had filmed for him, for his backstory. And they're saving it for the movie. Yeah. Because he, he is getting his own movie. I really hope that Flash gets his own. Billy Kudrup plays his dad.
0: Billy Kudrup plays the Flash, Flash's dad, yeah.
1: That's good casting. It is good. Now, I know that he's he was in The Watchmen. They're buds. That's mine. But that's good casting.
0: Um. You know. I mean, do we do we talk about the main three though?
1: You don't need to. Well,
0: I, I, well, I have to. I need to give special mention to. I really think they screwed over Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman in this movie. They
1: wrote her. Um. They they wrote her very poorly. She's, she's an afterthought.
0: She's literally just a fucking story vehicle. There's mm-hmm. no character trait to chew on for her and it's it's really weird considering that they gave her her own movie with a lot of character development to build on and that they make it almost nothing now there's one scene she gets with batman that's actually pretty good and feels very joss yes about you know this because there's kind of a a romantic tension
1: that there's going to be some romance between them which is uh, some people were pissed about, I don't care. That's fine.
0: I mean, I, I think, I don't know that it's necessarily that, but there's definitely this sort of tension between them. Yes. And Josh plays on that in one scene really well. Yes. I And I say that, I don't want to just, like, disparage Chris Terrio, but it feels, because we've seen so much of Joss Whedon's stuff, mm-hmm. because we saw the Avengers, just every scene that worked, I immediately went, it this has like, to be a Josh scene. It
1: feels like Josh. All of it Joss. felt...
0: All of it felt like a scene that he wrote, Yes. and everything that didn't work felt like a scene that some stupid scriptwriter out of nowhere wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, you, it's, it's. You're watching two different movies at the same time. Is what's happening?
1: Kinda, yeah.
0: The only person that works in both parts of that movie is Jeremy freaking Irons, who is great as Alfred.
1: He's a great Alfred, and I mean, I adore Michael Caine. Michael Caine is my favorite. By far, yeah, he was the Alfred in the um, Christopher Nolan trilogy.
0: But this Batman needs a different Alfred.
1: Yes, and i I do like Ben Affleck as this Batman. He's as this old, specific Batman, this Batman, he's old and he's tired.
0: And they, sh- and he's
1: been doing this for twenty years.
0: And they finally touch on that
1: mm-hmm. because,
0: as you know, as you said about Dawn of Justice, they don't really play on that enough in that movie three they, hours they spend and they...
1: the whole movie fighting over mortal versus immortal which like is basically like he's not he's uh superman is an alien so how do we know he really trusts us and he he's gonna take care of us and he causes all this destruction
0: i just don't understand how you can make three hours of a tentpole superhero franchise movie off of that idea yeah is if you that... were gonna do that Right, two separate characters that are modeled off those guys, that's a completely fictional story, because that's how that works.
1: That's a 30-minute part of a movie, not a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. I know. That's what that is.
0: Or it's its own separate movie that isn't connected to these characters that we want to see certain things from. Yeah. (laughs) That we have expectations. I mean, you brought up that interesting point. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so when we were discussing this right after we saw the movie, we kind of were trying... we're, We're comparing... The DC Cinematic Universe to the Marvel. Now it's a little unfair because Marvel has a huge head start. We are about to get the culmination of 20 years of filmmaking um, next year. That's what we're gonna get with Infinity Wars.
0: Close to 20.
1: Close to 20 years. Well, 15. Development. Okay. Wise, I mean, like they've been planning this for a whole time, and it started with Iron Man. That was their first, like, let's see what we can do.
0: So we're looking at of actual films that have come out thirteen years, because Iron Man was two thousand five.
1: Yes, but it's yeah, it's been it's about twenty years in the making. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Marvel makes their superhero movies for everybody that could possibly see them. They try to give service to the fans who know this character, who have read every issue of the comic, but they also try to introduce you for people who know nothing. So if you've never seen the Thor, if you ne- don't know anything about the Hulk, Captain America, they're trying to sell you on this character.
0: And they do it to varying levels of success.
1: Yes. Um, I will say that, my, personally, I think the worst film that they made was uh, Captain America, The First Avenger. Yeah. Because I fell asleep.
0: Yeah, I did too. It was it was
1: so boring. I I will say the next second worst film was Iron Man three because I did not care.
0: I didn't ever. I've never seen it.
1: Uh, I didn't care. I I completely checked out halfway through.
0: Yeah, I know. So those, but you know, it's it's varying levels of whether or not they capture you. I honestly feel like you know we've had two Thor movies before this, but this is, this movie that just came out mm-hmm. in so many ways, you could just like oh just. Go see this one. And you'll know everything you want to know about Thor. Well,
1: Taika... I can't say his last name. Taika Waititi. Waititi. He said this was like a reset of Thor.
0: And it's a perfect reset. And it's, 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 We've accurate. already talked about that. Anyways,
1: but... So that's what I think about Marvel. What I see from DC is that they are trying to go with only people who have never seen a superhero movie. They pay no respect to people who have loved these characters their whole lives. They don't try. They don't try to bring in bits of, oh, this was this is what Batman was like in that that one series. This is a little bit of that costume. Like you do not feel that the people who are making these movies love these characters. Yeah. And what? And you know what? They're not trying to get me to love them either.
0: Well, and in fact, Zack Snyder. I, I don't think he's explicitly said this, but a lot of people have observed that, you know, the way he talks about the movies and the way he portrays these movies, it's almost as though he hates these characters. And that's how he's literally trying to portray them. is like, you know, this is, this is a moral evil and you should hate it too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Zack Snyder probably empathizes with Batman more than anyone. And that's kind of scary. If you think about who Batman is.
1: <laughs> Maybe, but... But that's a really different approach, if you look at it.
0: Well, and I think there's a reason why it's they've suffered so badly at the box office mm-hmm. is because of that.
1: Well, the only ones that ha- have had the real acclaim and success were the Chris Nolan.
0: Oh, in terms of the actual Batman films, mm-hmm. yeah. Well,
1: it, well th- those are DC characters. The
0: Tim, the Tim Burton films, um, made a ton of money. They did, and they were they were very unique in the moment they were made. They really were. Yes. Um, but
1: they made them as live action comics.
0: I kind of secretly love Batman Forever. Oh, me too. Like I know it's Joel Schumacher, and I it's know. and it's kind of a terrible movie. But Val Kilmer's great.
1: I like that
0: one. A there's lot. a there's a real weird dark vibe to it that's just kind of fun. I don't I don't think it's like good. No. Yeah. But, I, but I enjoy it. Oh now, yeah. Batman and Robin is hard to watch.
1: It is, but I did really like Chris O'Donnell.
0: It's but nobody it's so has ever bad, done though.
1: Robin well.
0: No, I mean nobody. I
1: don't. And I'm really sad that we didn't get to Robin in Chris Nolan because well, I think he would have done it perfectly. Maybe we got hints of it in the last one, in Dark Knight Rises, but
0: maybe I. You know, the thing about it is though is. <laughs> to do that you would have had to go down a very specific storyline and honestly it would have required like 5 movies. Nobody wants to go that far with Batman. <laughs> I don't think anybody does.
1: I see and I think that's not true at all. Well, but
0: we need we
1: needs people with the attitude that Marvel has to do DC. Now they got Wonder Woman her movie done very very well. I do I I did not find it as earth-shatteringly amazing as many people. I think it was way over-hyped. It is great.
0: It falls apart at the end. It really does. And that's due to the villain being, like, nothing.
1: I wouldn't say that, but I do respect... I actually really respect one of the things they did in the ending, which they've never... They don't typically do, and I won't spoil that because that... I don't, I don't want to spoil
0: that. You don't want to spoil that. I don't want to spoil don't that. Don't spoil the good movies.
1: No, I'm not going to spoil the good movies. Just
0: the not good ones.
1: So, yeah, this one, I...
0: It's I mean, such a mixed bag. If
1: you don't... If you go see it for Flash and Aquaman, you will be happy because they are done very well. And I so look forward to their individual films. If you are going for Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman, you will be disappointed
0: possibly i mean if you and and i'm not
1: trying to shortchange cyborg he's a very specific character they give us all of his origin story in this film and that's great he's very integral to the plot
0: i actually think he's pretty good he's fine he's 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 perfectly fine in the movie i
1: just don't care well i i have no interest in seeing more of him
0: well let's let's throw out a lot of people do care no, I know. that's totally that's cool.
1: He's done well.
0: For anybody who's, who's coming to this movie and particularly excited about him, I think you're going to get a lot, of, a lot of good stuff out of him. Because yes. his character is very central to the storyline. Yes. And gets a lot of play. So that's really cool for a character that's usually kind of a side character. Yes. Um, you know, and here's the really sad part here.
1: Mm.
0: I was excited about the Justice League back when we thought it was coming out in like 2008. Back when the the talk was that they were gonna get a Superman movie out while Chris Nolan, Nolan was doing so, the Batman franchise. So that franchise. they could come together. They were they were they were hinting at it in I am legend.
1: Yeah, and that's part of why Chris Nolan was a part of Man of Steel. I mean, they were like, great, he's gonna have his hand on that so he could help he could help start over there what they did with Marvel.
0: A decade ago, when they were talking about this, I was excited. Mm-hmm over the past five years they've just sort of ruined that franchise for me Mm -hmm. to where i don't care like and i've and and i've been outwardly explicit about it i'm like i don't want to go see these movies because i'm afraid of what zack snyder is going to do to him now after seeing watchmen attached
1: to things I, i don't trust it
0: i don't trust it at all and it's a shame because I, you know, I don't just want to automatically say this guy's terrible. But because he's people, terrible. People, but even terrible directors make good movies every once in a while, and they get enough hands in the pot that they, they make it work. But there, there I are just a couple
1: Michael Bay movies that are fine.
0: But <laughs> especially for with him and his tone mm-hmm. and his directing style. Yes. I can't trust him with this franchise anymore, and it's a shame to say that. It, it's a shame that this is a tragic circumstance yes. is what had to force this issue uh,
1: it, it was a blessing to the movie
0: it's a blessing to the movie it's a blessing to the franchise and I honestly think DC's gotta fire him if they want to move forward mm-hmm. they really do they've gotta find somebody like a John Favreau who yeah. can actually spin a vision to move well, forward and I know it, that's not totally it, him but he's he's a he big re- part of what oh, started he was, it
1: he was it was him and Paul Fe- Feig yeah I can never say his last name but it's Paul Feig Fe- that dude Feig Feig, Paul Feig. He's it.
0: Yeah. You you need somebody. Well, and
1: to... Kathleen Kennedy. She's
0: Right. She, she's pretty integral. Well, yeah, especially. She's in, also doing the Star Wars since Disney got that, got a hold of that. Um, but they need somebody at Warner Brothers to jump in the middle of this and be like, "Uh-uh. We're not going to let this tank anymore." And if this movie loses just as much money as Donna Justice did, somebody
1: mm-hmm.
0: Somebody's got to come They're in gonna
1: and They're going to pull the plug.
0: I mean, we we could... They're going to pull the plug, and who knows how long it's going to be before we get a reboot.
1: Well, we know we're getting another Wonder Woman, and we're getting Aquaman. I don't know... I I mean, I don't know about Flash. Ezra Miller's going to be busy with uh, Fantastic Beasts.
0: They've... What they honestly need to do is they need to reset Batman. And they need to reset him without doing the darkness and do the, Man, I'm getting too old for this.
1: Here's what we do. No, we can't do that. Oh, time. we
0: could do it. We, but let's do a. I'm getting too old for this shit. Movie from Batman.
1: Well, do a movie where he's handing things off to the Nightwing character. Exactly. Like, right. It's on you. And I'm and let Bruce Wayne assume the Alfred role.
0: Exactly. That well, would be great. That's how. I mean, that's how it works. You You need him to just start to age out, and finally go. I I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's an entire comic series out there, guys. Like, all of this is written for you. That's the one thing that Nolan did right. Yes, he had his own particular way of doing things, but he drew from the real source material. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He drew from from Year One and from uh, Dark Knight and all of those great stories. That's really the biggest thing. If you really want to find a way to save this stuff, it's Mm -hmm. go to the source material. There's a ton of it and a ton of it's really good. Don't just be like, oh, that's a cool story. Now, I'm going to rethink it how I think it should be. Mm-hmm. No, screw you. These w- People have been reading these stories for, for so long now. Give it a freaking chance.
1: Yeah. Your fan base is there, but you've got to treat them with respect. Anyway. And, and we're not getting that from... Okay, so that was like a huge long rant about...
0: Well, but oh, it's a, it's easy. it's an important part of this. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a huge, huge part of this movie in particular. Yeah. And I'm I'm frightened that they're not going to figure that out. <laughs> <sighs> we'll if so, if so, then we're going to have to wait another five years and reset it again.
1: But we can be excited because in the spring we're getting Black Panther, which looks so fucking amazing. I haven't been this excited about a superhero movie since Thor.
0: I think it looks good. I'm not going to get my hopes that high for it. It's got all the right people. It's got
1: all the right elements. We'll see. I will be shocked if it is pure crap. I'll be
0: shocked. I'm worried I'm worried that we might be getting into th- overhype mode with, with the trailer and that we might be setting ourselves up for a not as great movie as we want it to be. I think
1: think they have enough people to get this one correct i know there's going to be some things that people don't like because you you can't please everybody but i i'm excited and i didn't think i would be <laughs> based on our previous our the last time we saw black panther i was like i don't know i don't really care and now Look, i'm like fuck yes i'm all in on this
0: you know what there's only one marvel movie i'm really super excited for What that that's deadpool too.
1: is he marvel is he oh marvel? hell yeah he's marvel I get confused. He's one of those weird fourth wall ones. He's oh yeah, he is. T- he's he tied to X Man. Yeah, an X. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, okay. It took a long. It wasn't until recently that I realized that X that those things were connected. And I'm yeah. saying like two years ago.
0: And please, please, oh please, oh please, just throw Tom Hollander in there for an F, Holland. F bomb. Tom Holland in there for like one five minute scene with Deadpool having to deal with his crap. That would be so great. You know. It's probably not this movie because we have to Spi- deal with Cable.
1: Spider-Man, Homecoming, and Thor are like the funniest superhero movies I've ever seen. So good. And they're both perfect. Perfect films. I, I love that. Sp- That's my favorite Spider-Man I've seen. It was so fun. Yeah. That was before we had a podcast, guys. We'll talk about it on our year-end review.
0: <laughs> I, uh, anyway. I You know. DC.
1: Come Get on. your shit together. Come on.
0: You have been around longer than anybody. Like, if anybody needs to stop this, it's freaking DC Comics. Yeah. Who needs to raise their hands and be like, yo, you're ruining this shit.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. Oh, stars?
1: <laughs> I'm going to stay at 2 5.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to go for, too. 2
1: 5, because uh, what I like, I really, really like. And what I don't like, I'm like, bleh, whatever.
0: I. Eh. I started this movie being like... It, it, I'm sure you could see it on my face. This is awful. This is terrible. Yeah, I did see a few walk.
1: times because you are
0: like, uh... I want to walk out of this theater right now. And then about halfway through, when I noticed that this up. is where the dialogue's picking up, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, okay. And it sucked me in enough that I was like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've got to hate this movie. Still, still some real, ugh... Moralizing moments near the end, yes, but you know, it it evened out with the dialogue and the banter.
1: Okay, and if you've made it this far and you don't feel spoiled, there are two end credit scenes we won't talk about what they are, but they're there, so don't miss them.
0: Oh, yeah, hang around always. Well, all right, until next time, guys. Sorry to be a bummer. Bye, guys.
1: for this episode please take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes and for questions and comments drop us an email at macintoshandmod at gmail.com especially like especially but I can't say especially <laughs> 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 I can't say especially oh, I, 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 I have to look up especially I, can't, I sound like I'm four You need a
0: thesaurus I
1: do need a thesaurus I can <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Put my retainer in and see if
1: I can say it <laughs> I can <laughs>
0: Well this is going in at the end of the episode That's
1: funny